Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in again. Today, we're going to talk about the psychology of trading in regards to behavioral economics and finance. Trading psychology is a super broad topic and it's rooted in behavioral economics. So today, we're going to talk about the basics of behavioral economics and then its application to the stock market as behavioral finance and how it can help your trading. Economics typically functions under the assumption of the rational human, which assumes that humans will make the most rational or efficient decision based on all of the available information. But this doesn't happen in the real world. Humans can't be expected to process large amounts of data because of our limited processing and limited time. This was first theorized under the name bounded reality, which gave birth to behavioral economics. There are a few main beliefs of behavioral economics, which we'll go over today. Loss aversion, zero price effect, willpower, herd behavior, emotional gaps, disposition belief, and experiential bias. You may have heard some of those before, and some of them may sound confusing, but I assure you that at the end of this episode, everything will make sense. So loss aversion is the theory that people become more upset with losses than they are satisfied with an equal gain. This relates to the disposition effect, which we'll talk about soon. The zero price effect says that when a product is said to be free, it has a perceived higher value than something that has a price. For example, a two cent chocolate advertised as free will be perceived as worth more than a 14 cent chocolate. Willpower is a belief that people tend to act in ways that are appealing to them even if it doesn't benefit them because of lack of self-control. This goes with herd behavior which is the behavior of people tends to follow what the majority of the other people are doing. Emotional gaps are the gaps in reasoning that people make based on strong emotions like anxiety, fear, anger, or excitement. Experiential bias is a theory that people will make decisions based on past and recent past experiences. Now pertaining to behavioral finance, you have the disposition effect, which is the counterpart to loss aversion. This states that investors will be more likely to hold onto losers for longer and sell winners too soon. This is because investors will put off the reality of their loss by holding on to a poor investment. The behavioral finance counterpart to the zero price effect relates to penny stocks. For example, if someone sees a penny stock worth two cents, they think that it'll be more likely to double in value to four cents than a stock worth $100. When in reality, the stock worth $100 is more likely to double in value because it represents a stronger company. Emotional gaps and experiential bias go hand in hand. People will alter their trading strategies and plans based on past experiences and emotions based on these experiences. 
Going back to the disposition effect, if I had a winner that I held onto for too long, and then it crashed, that provokes a sense of fear and anxiety in me so that the next time I have a winning stock, I may sell it too early because of these emotions which control my actions. As with all studies of psychology, however, there are some minor flaws in behavioral finance. For example, the disposition belief will change based on entry price or investment size in relation to other allocations. For the most part though, by knowing about these behavioral effects, you can master them and use them to improve your own trading strategies. Now I want to talk about a few theories relating to behavioral finance. I assume that we've all heard of George Soros, the famous hedge fund billionaire. He is the founder of his own theory that is called reflexivity. It argues that markets cannot be regarded as efficient because as market participants operate with a bias, he believes that this bias affects the outcome of the market, which in turn changes the biases of the market participants. It's a feedback effect as investors' biases affect market outcomes, which in turn change the investors' biases that again affect the market outcome. Another theory, one proposed by Werner Debont and Richard Thaler, predicted that if a stock outperforms the market for long enough, its price will get too high and will subsequently begin to underperform. This would also apply to underperformers whose price would get too low and then begin to outperform. They tested it on stocks traded on the New York Stock Exchange and found that the 35 worst underperformers of the last five years outperformed the market over the next five and vice versa for outperformers underperforming. Another theory, which is also a strategy, is the castle in the air theory. It focuses more on the behavioral aspect of group trading psychology. It was made famous in 1936 by the famous economist John Maynard Keynes, and it proposes the idea that people try to build castles in their minds in the form of potential stock price increases in the future. After this internal prediction is made, the investor tries to beat the rest of the people by creating his or her own positions before the general population follows. The basis of the theory is trying to make money by predicting what other traders are doing or are going to do. So to complement these theories and strategies, there are a few indications and indexes that can help you trade on sentiment. The VIX is a risk volatility index which indicates the risk of the market. When the VIX goes up, there's more risk because people feel the need to shield themselves from the market. And when the VIX goes down, it indicates a safer, less risky market. Another index is the BPI or the bullish percentage index. It rates how bullish the market is as a percentage. When the market is neutral, the BPI will be around 50. 
And similar to the RSI we talked about in the last episode, if it's around 20%, then the market is heavily bearish and most likely oversold. And if it's around 80%, the market is extremely optimistic, but most likely overbought. On a less grand market size scale, a really useful indication is the PSY indicator. Similar to the ones we talked about in the technical indicators episode, it gives an individual stock a numerical value of the bullish or bearish sentiment, similar to the BPI does as a percentage. The lower the number, the more bearish, and the higher the number, the more bullish. Seeing the status of the market or a stock through any of these indexes or indicators and comparing it with the behavioral concepts we talked about earlier, you're able to trade around what the market is thinking. A few examples of market sentiment at play in the market are when a company's earnings are coming out and people are either expecting a positive or negative outcome on information they don't necessarily have, their emotions will get the best of them and they'll start trading emotionally or based on past experiences or rumors which could hurt their trading mindset. Geopolitical tension, like we've seen this year between the US and China, is another example of market sentiment affecting the market because people are trading on emotions like anxiety and fear based on information they don't have. So as an ending note, because this episode is more about psychology than analysis, remember to keep your emotions in check and stay true to a predetermined set of rules in order to avoid being prey to your own human nature. I hope by going over these psychological effects and theories, you are all more aware of natural instincts which harm your trading. Thank you for listening. I hope you tune in next time.